Well, let me, uh, so there's no, no first timers in here, but um, uh, as we think about the new year, uh, you know, there's not much we can count on as it comes to the new year. Uh, if y'all didn't notice, well, we didn't notice. The government shut down and hadn't bothered any of us. Uh, as long as the air, air traffic controllers uh, keep doing their job, that's a, that's a good thing. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot that is uncertain. Are the markets going up, markets going down? Uh, is the economy gonna stay strong? We've added tons of jobs. Uh, we've, uh, we've, uh, we've got people uh, who are doing, doing better than they've ever done. Occupationally, we've got people that are still struggling. Uh, I was telling Justin yesterday that a member of our church who's sharp, um, who lost their job last year, just, just hit their 50th no. Uh, now, they're pretty high up, so the jobs they're looking for are pretty high up, but their 50th face-to-face -face no, where they actually got, made it to the final three uh, in the interview process and just hit their 50th no, and they're like, all right, is it time to revision my plan and what I'm gonna do? So, you know, it's always interesting that, you know, as great as the economy is, there, there are those that are struggling. Uh, we, uh, we don't know what's gonna happen in the economy. We don't want know what's gonna happen politically. We don't know what's gonna happen uh, in uh, uh, so many areas uh, of our lives, but I, I wanna tell you, there's one thing we can count on in the new year. Uh, and, and it's this, if you uh, have your Bibles, you can turn to uh, uh, First Chronicles um, uh, chapter 29, verse 11. It says, Yours, Lord, is the, greatest and, is the greatness and power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor. For everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. One thing we can count on is that anything that happens in your 2019 or my 2019, anything that happens uh, is not going to shock God. It may surprise us. It may shock us. Uh, we can make New Year's resolutions, and a lot of people do, and a lot of people rightly do. But there is a reality that we don't know what's going to happen, but the one thing that we can, we can count on is that regardless of what happens in our life, it will not shock God. God is still going to be in control. He's still going to be in control of your life and my life, this world. Uh, he's going to be in charge of our country. Uh, he's going to be in charge of everything that happens. Now, that doesn't mean that everything that happens uh, in our country in 2019 is God's will. Certainly God allowed it to happen. doesn't mean that everything happens in your life in 2019 is God's will. Because you can do some things that are not God's will. You can do some things uh, that God is saying, you know, that's kind of you, that's not me. Uh, you can spend your 2019 doing what you want to and then tossing up follow-up prayers and saying, hey God, uh, bless what I am choosing to do. And a lot of times that's exactly the way we do it. But here's the reality. God's in control either way. You can do things your way. You can do things God's way. I will promise you if you will join God in what He's doing, uh, things will go better for you. They'll go well. It doesn't mean you, you won't be without problems, without struggles. Um, man, if you think about New Year's resolutions, how many of you make New Year's resolutions? How many of you make them? A couple of you do. Uh, those that do, how many of you absolutely don't? All right, how many of you, of those who don't, you have in the past? And why did you not do them anymore? Because you failed at them? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, huh? 
50 times. I've, I've failed 50 times at my New Year's resolutions. You know, the, the six, uh, they, they say if you want to make a New Year's resolution, you can stick to. Here are six, six ways, six ideas. Make them small, attainable. Uh, and make them action-oriented instead of just something I want to I want to lose X number of uh, You know pounds Here's what I'm going to do every day. I'm going to get up and walk a mile So hopefully I can lose my put it small attainable action steps be specific about what you want I don't just want to make more money. I want to make more money by doing this every day making three more calls every day or making four more sales calls or uh, getting trained in a certain area uh, number three uh, find a group to share and share your goals with them all right in other words get some accountability in there uh, but share here's what I'm gonna do so they can come back and say hey you know, part of your goal was if you're going to lose weight, you were going to walk a mile every day. All right, We've been, we hadn't seen each other in seven days. Uh, how many miles have you walked? Uh, to actually get some other people so you know I'm going to have to look them in the eye and say, nah, I didn't do so good or I did pretty good. So find a group uh, that will help you reach your goals. That's one of the reasons why we're challenging everybody to get in a group uh, at the beginning of every year. In fact, I'll uh, bring this up Sunday. Uh, you know, every year New Year's resolutions uh, wrap around, hey, I want to get in better shape. How many of you understand? I want to lose weight. That's usually number one. Last year's kind of different, or this year's kind of different. Uh, those who submit them, a lot, one thing that's gone to the top is not necessarily health. It's, I guess we've as a country just thrown in the towel on the health. Uh, it's to be a better person. In some way, the country realizes we're a mess. I mean, we've never had, and you know, we've never had the kind of political anger, the political, you know, just hostility uh, that we've had. And people acknowledge this year and making of the resolutions, at least the ones that, are, that, that, that make them and track them, is um, losing weight is still in there, I want you to know. And I'll share those, what, what the tops were. But really what rose to the top this year is people really want to be a better, better person. You know, whether, and by the way, this isn't just Christians. This is non-Christians life. I just need to prove some things about my attitude, my life, my relationship to be a better person. And so that's why we encourage people. A lot of people want to grow spiritually. That's why if you look right, I mean, get in a group. That's why we're saying just give us eight weeks. Get in a group for eight weeks. You can put up with anybody for eight weeks. Um, some of them are really hard. Uh, but you can put up with anybody for eight weeks. Make a, make a commitment. I'm going to be in worship for eight straight weeks. That means if you're looking at week number three, that you can't be there on Sunday morning. You're going on, to the, on this men's ski trip with us instead of leaving on, and you're going to leave on Sunday afternoon early, uh, or Sunday morning with all the guys. Come to our Saturday night worship. Make a commitment. You can be there every week. You can make a commitment to be there every week. Um, here's number four. Uh, safeguard your environment. Uh, get with the right people in the right times and the right place. In other words, safeguard your environment uh, that, uh, that if your goal right now is in two weeks to be able to eat a donut, build a wall between you and the donut. Uh, there, uh, that's called Bob, all right? You know, get with the right people in the right place in the right time. In other words, man, clean things out of your fridge, clean things out of your house. You gotta have the right environment. Um, number five, make it personal. Make a goal, make your goal something that you want. Not what somebody else wants. You want. If you don't want to lose weight, which is okay, 
don't make that your goal because someone else. Make your goals. If you really want to succeed at your goals, make them goals that you want. A lot of times we're pressured into making goals or we feel like I need to make this goal. Make a goal that you really want, something you really want to do. And then uh, number six, and this is important, focus on progress and not perfection. You know, if you say, hey, in 2019, I want to lose 50 pounds, and by March, you've only lost four, you've still lost four pounds, right? That's focusing on progress and not perfection. And if you don't reach all your goals right off the bat, uh, then, um, then you can do it. Those, those are the, according to several um, of the most pronounced psychologists or sports psychologists, if you'll do those six things, there's a good chance you'll reach your goals. Uh, if you if you really want to make them now as we journey in the, the one thing we can count on in 2019 is God is in control now regardless of what happens a good passage to focus on is Philippians chapter 4 verse 4 to 8 if you want to if you want to read that uh, uh, I'll read it to you it says rejoice in the Lord always I'll say it again rejoice let your gentleness be evident to all people because the Lord is near he says do not be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your request to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ then he says finally brothers and sisters whatever is true whatever is noble whatever is right whatever is pure whatever is lovely whatever is admirable if there's anything excellent or anything praiseworthy let your mind dwell on these things think on these things let me just ask you a question as you journey into 2019 what do you spend your time thinking about? Where does your mind go? And what do, you, what do you spend a lot of your time pondering or thinking about? And chances are whatever you are thinking about will truly determine your attitude. Uh, it'll de determine your relationships, how good your marriage is, how good your relationships with your kids are. Uh, are you focusing on, notice what it says, if whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever there is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or anything is praiseworthy, let your mind dwell on these things. You know, I've found over the years, if, if you're married here, that uh, what you think about all the time as it relates to your spouse, what you focus on will determine your next conversation with them. How many of you understand what I'm talking about? If, if you are thinking about what she's not doing or what she should have done, guess what? That is going to taint your next conversation with her. And if you are focusing on or thinking about or dwelling on these things that are negative, I will guarantee you that is the way you express your next conversation. So if your goal is... I want to improve my marriage this year, but you are still always focusing on and thinking about the wrong thing. Your marriage won't, won't improve because you will be looking to make a point or state something. We're that way with our kids, aren't we? I'm that way with my kids. Man, if, if, if all I'm thinking about is the one thing they didn't do that I asked them to do, that is going to taint my next conversation with them. That is going to taint my, that's usually as I'm in a conversation with my kids where I just feel my wife just kind of tap me in the hip a little bit. That means uh, let's go a different direction. We've got a great opportunity uh, to just have a conversation with a kid. 
uh, instead of focusing on that thing that I've been dwelling on, the one thing that I've asked them to do. Now, that doesn't mean they get off, but it does taint my conversation with them. But notice, says, Whatever is, if there's anything excellent, if there's anything praiseworthy, I will promise you, everything in your life, in every area of your life, there is something praiseworthy. Even at your office, even with your boss, even with your mate, even with your kids, there is something that is good that you can let your mind dwell on. No one is pure evil. No one is pure bad. No, no one is pure failure. No job is pure uh, failure. I mean, it's not. There's always something good if you look at it. And then Paul says, whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and God will give you the peace that you desire. Now, remember Paul is writing Philippians from a Roman prison, right? So he's saying, you are seeing me do it right now. I'm talking about how much I long to be with you, how much I long to hang out with you, how much I long to spend time with you, how much I rejoice in the midst of my difficulties. So Paul is saying, I am your example. So if there's someone in here that you feel like, man, my marriage currently, the conversations I'm in, my job, it's a prison. If Paul can find joy, if he can find good things to focus on, to think about, even in a Roman prison, so can you. So I just want to kind of break out of this mindset as we start this year that, um, that if we are in perpetual negativity, if we are always finding something negative in somebody else or some relationship or some job, I want you to know you can break out of that. But there's your pattern, Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 to 8. So now, going back to my thought, if God is in control, let me give you a couple. Gordon MacDonald said this. He says, whatever a man does without God, he will succeed miserably and fail more miserably. Gordon MacDonald said, whatever we do without God. In other words, if you are journeying into 2019 and you've made some goals and you're going to do them on your own, if you succeed, you will still succeed miserably. Because God calls us. He created us in His image. He desires for us uh, to walk in a way uh, that would please Him and glorify Him. So even if we succeed, we will succeed and not have the enjoyment God wants for us. But if we do it without God and we fail, we even fail more miserably. How many of you understand what I'm saying? If you get through the end of your year in 2019, and even you've, uh, if you've achieved all your goals, but they're not goals that God has for you and your family and your life, you're going you're gonna to achieve your goals, but you're not going to have fulfillment. But if you go through 2019 and you go after the goals that God doesn't want you to have, and you fail at them, it's just going to make your failure twice as miserable. In other words, here's what I'm saying. If, if, if you'll join us as a church and say, you know what, I'm going to spend the next eight weeks growing in spiritually, growing spiritually because I want, I want to grow more in 2019 spiritually than I've ever grown before. Let's say that you, that doesn't happen, but we know that's a goal that God has for you. You can celebrate whatever growth you have. Whatever advancements you make, whatever uh, step of faith, wherever you grow in Bible knowledge, wherever you grow in this or grow in that, and that's what we're going to be looking about, looking at uh, this next eight weeks. If you've read Second Peter chapter one, uh, it talks about uh, growing in our faith. 
How do you grow in your faith? We're going to talk about that. It, it talks about uh, growing in our uh, brotherly affection, our kindly affection, the word Philadelphia. Uh, how do we grow in our relationships uh, with each other, part of going on a trip? How do we do that? How do I grow in my relationships with other people? Uh, it says grow in your compassion. How do, how do you grow in compassion biblically? We're going to look at that over the years, uh, over the next couple of weeks. And here's the reality. As you think about these eight principles we're going to look at from Second. Peter chapter 1 verse 3 to 10. You know, a lot of times uh, we can think uh, uh, that these are linear, that I've got to grow in my faith before I can move on to my Bible knowledge, before I can move on to my compassion, before I can move on. The truth is all eight of these things, they grow at different spaces in different places and in different times. It's not a linear progression. I don't have to get all the Bible knowledge in the world before I can show compassion to someone. Does that make sense? We have to be growing them all and pushing them all. And there are times. Man, 2019 may be your year that your faith grows. And it's not in the way you want. It's because it starts pretty soon with a difficult diagnosis or some difficulty in your job or you lose your job. or something. That, that's going to grow your faith. Others, you're going to be called and you're going to be challenged to grow in your kindness and compassion towards other people because that's what it just seems like you're around people that you have to be kind to. And that's the way God says, man, we have to understand that we have to grow in all of those if we're going to be everything that God wants us to be. I, I think a lot of times we, we get saved and we find ourselves in a church or in a Bible study or a life group and we think the whole reality, the totality of the Christian experience is growing in my Bible knowledge. And I want you to know there comes a point in your life, and I want, you've heard me say this before, that some Christians, they need another Bible study like they need a hole in the head. How many of you understand what I'm saying? Because they have studied and studied and studied and studied, but they've never been compassionate. They've never loved their neighbor. They've never shown brotherly kindness. Does that make sense? Another Bible study isn't going to help them grow in their faith. Now, I'm not against Bible studies because I teach them. All right? I'm not against another sermon. I encourage you to listen to them. But what I'm saying is it's far better to go live a sermon than just hear 10 more. Does that make sense? Or live a portion of a sermon. So that's going to be the challenge over the next eight weeks. So um, Gordon McDonald said, listen, if you go into 2019... And you succeed, but you succeed at things that God doesn't want you to succeed at. It, it will be a vapor. It, it will be, you know, exactly what, uh, what Solomon talked about. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. And if you fail at God, what God didn't want you to do, it's going to be more miserable. However, if you and I will align our lives with what God wants us to do, let me give you a couple of thoughts. Here's thought number one. Because God is still in control... Whatever you and I plan without God is limited anyway. It's limited anyway. In other words, if God is, not, if God is in control, whatever you and I plan apart from God, it's going to have a limit on it. Look at Proverbs chapter 19, verse 21, uh, or I'll just read it to you if you don't have time to flip there. He says, Many are the plans in a man's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that will ultimately prevail. What is he saying? He's saying, if I'm in control, if God's in control, I can plan whatever I want to, but there's a limit to what I can do. 
There's a limit to what I can do without God. I can advance my life in God's permissive will. He might let you do your own thing for a season. But there's going to come a time when he says that season is over. You know, one of the thoughts in that is, uh, have you been around church a long time, but you've truly never be become a believer. You've never become a follower of Christ. I've heard a lot, I've been here a lot, but you've never taken the step of following Christ to accept Him as Savior and Lord. Then to say, you know what, I want to be united with His church and I want to follow Him in the testimony of believers' baptism. You've never made that step. I want you to know, you can live a life you can live a full life, but your life will be limited. And it won't be an eternal life that God planned for you and desired for you. So as we begin 2019, I want to encourage you to step back and say, man, have I settled my faith issue? Is this something that I struggle with day in and day out that I haven't told anybody about? If it is, then I want to encourage you to get with someone, get with a group, get with your people, go talk to someone you trust. And man, settle that issue. Because you and I want to, if God is in control, we want to be as lock-sync, lock-step uh, with God as we journey through 2019. Here's another verse as we think about the fact that our plans are limited. Man, it says, To humans belong the plans of the heart, but from the Lord comes the proper answer of the tongue. What is he saying? He's saying, man, uh, the humans belong to the plans of the heart. In other words, God gives us a heart. He gives us desires. He allows us to plan. But at the end of the day, God says there's a limit. Man, as you and I journey into 2019, and I would encourage you to make goals. I, I do make goals. Um, I would encourage you to make some goals. And plan well, work hard, and be flexible. I've never had a year turn out in my life exactly the way I thought it was going to turn out when I started in January. Anybody in here had it? I mean, have you ever had everything in your life turn out exactly the way you thought it was going to be in 2019? Absolutely not. And it's not going to be that way. So, man, plan well, according to God's Word, what you think God wants you to do. Then work at it hard. Keep your commitments that you make to God. Then be flexible. If you get to March or April or May, and you feel like God is changing your direction, be flexible. Do what God, say yes to what God wants you to do. Say yes to whatever God wants you to do. And, and as you think through it, here's another one, Proverbs 16, uh, 9. This is very close. This is, in their hearts humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes ultimately their steps. Did you get that? Uh, the first one said, the Lord's purpose will prevail. The second one says basically that our plans or our control of the universe ends with our tongue. In other words, once the words go out, we really have no control of the universe. But this one says God even controls our steps. If you and I will say, God, I want you to lead me this year. I'm going to make plans because these are the plans that I think, or I'm going to make goals because I think these are the goals that you have for me. But God, I'm going to work at these goals until you change my steps. Then I'm going to change my goals. And that's exactly what he's saying. He's saying, be flexible. So Solomon, in a lot of wisdom there in Proverbs, says, man, I want to journey in such a way that I understand God is ultimately in control. I think God has placed these desires on my heart. I'm going to work towards these desires until God clearly shows me to go in a different direction. But until God shows me to go in a different direction, these goals are going to honor Him. I mean, when, when I make goals, I, I want to be careful that uh, uh, as I think about that, but the Lord establishes their steps. 
that even to the minutiae of our life and the small things and the details of our life, we want to say, God, is this where you want me to go and this is what you want me to do? And those are hard things to do because I'll tell you, as a staff, as a church staff, we have to plan out. We have to plan out really where we think we're going in 2019. Back in 2018, we had to plan for this series that we're going into, all right? Uh, we've already planned what we think we're going to do uh, in Easter and after Easter, and we've got things. We've got a summer filled up with plans, but we still need to be available to be flexible, to call something up, to change something, uh, to say, you know what, we might let God tell us something different. I'll tell you what we're going to do this week. Uh, this week we're going to open and introduce the sermon series. And I'm going to tell you the eight areas that God says every one of us needs to grow in. Through, through, through Peter, God gives us eight areas we all need to grow in. We're going to give you the opportunity to answer a three. All of you guys, I know you're, a lot of you are very AD, ADD. It, it's, a, it's three questions, a three-question test. Of those eight areas, we're going to ask you which one are you strongest in. I'm strongest in my faith. I'm just a person of faith. I'm a man or a woman of faith. Uh, maybe it's Bible knowledge. You say, man, I got a lot of Bible knowledge. I got a lot of Bible knowledge. Which one are you strongest in? Which one are you weakest in? Which one would you like the most help in growing in? And we're going to let you give us that feedback. You're going to be able to do it two ways. For those of you that are technolo technologically savvy, you're going to be able to text in, and we'll send you those on your phone. You open it up, you answer the question. I'm going to stop down the sermon uh, Sunday, and you're going to do that. For those of you who are not technologically savvy, you're going to pull out a prayer request card, and you're going to be able to write the three answers. Answer number one. So for those of you who are anonymously talking about how loud the music is in there, you can at least use that prayer card for something the pastor instructs you to use. <laughs> So we're going to give you those three questions. And, and if something just explodes, if something just explodes off the page and looking at our congregation, I'm going to let that decide and determine what I preach on for about three weeks between this series and Easter. If something just jumps off the page that our people are struggling with this area of their spiritual growth. Now, if it, if it comes out like we think it is, that, that everybody's a little weak, uh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I think. I think that our people, I think that our people are going to be honest and they're going to say that one of their strengths are Bible knowledge. I, I really think that I, we're going to say, because we do a lot, we do a lot of Bible teaching, Bible knowledge. I think they're going to say something different is their weakness. And it's going to be interesting to see what jumps off the page. And what does that mean? That we're going to let, hopefully, God through this guide our steps and change perhaps what I preach on next if something just really grows to the top. Why? Because what am I supposed to do? What are we supposed to do as shepherds of God's flock? We're supposed to minister and care and lead our people. And what could be better than after this first eight-week series if really two or three things jump off the page that we come back to those and say, okay, y'all acknowledge these as your weaknesses. Let's see what Jesus, and, and that's where I want to go. I want to go straight to the gospel. And I'll say, what are two or three passages that will help us think in a different way about those areas that we know we're weak in? So that's our hope. So thought number one, as you're journeying through with God being in control, realize your plans are limited. What are they limited to? What God's going to allow to happen anyway. So go ahead and join God in His work. Here's thought number two. Uh, because God is in control, uh, even your problems in 2019 will have a purpose. 
Even your problems in 2019 will have some sort of purpose. There's not a person in this room that's not going to have some problem in 2019. I wish I could tell you it wasn't going to happen. I wish I could tell you, you go to church these next eight weeks and you be in life group the next eight weeks and you will be problem free for the rest of 2019. I can't tell you that. Man, as long as we live in a sinful world, in a harsh world, in a difficult world, man, you're going to have problems. But I want you to know, when we step back and think of our problems this way, if, now listen, um, if we are living according to God's commands, if we are walking according to God's Spirit's leading, and we experience a problem, it's got a purpose. All right? So I want you to hear me. If godly, if we are following God and we show up at the doorstep of a problem. Now, if I'm doing things my way, spending my time and energy my way, and I show up at the doorstep of a problem, that problem may not be have a purpose. It may be shouting a message. The message might be, everything happens for a reason. And the reason is, you're stupid and make dumb decisions. How many of you understand what I'm talking about? All right. Anybody ever looked at your kids and said, do you want me to tell you why that happened? Because you're pretty much an idiot. Right? I have noticed this. Teenage boys grow up to be teenage men and they make stupid decisions i will tell you that you've been around people and if you're honest i certainly have been around people that they will tell me what's going on in their life and then they act shocked they showed up at a problem's doorstep right that i'm like you didn't see that coming you didn't see that coming you, you really didn't see that coming you know, you've talked to your wife for the, like this for a long, long, long time, and you're shocked that she just moved out. Does that make sense? I mean, so we need to understand that sometimes our... But if we... I want you to know, if you will make a commitment right now to say, God, I'm going to follow you, I'm going to walk with you, I'm going to journey with you, I'm going to live it your way. If you show up a problem, God's got a purpose for that problem. And He's going to let it be salt and light in your life. It's going to let it be a witness, whether you're walking through a financial deal or an occupational deal or a relational deal or a health deal. Every problem has a purpose. If you want to write down a little passage on this, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. Not 2 Peter, that's what we're talking about this week. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. He says, in all this, talking about your, your problems, in all this greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may suffer grief of all kinds. Now, I want you to know that grief of all kinds means all kinds. That means the problems that we all experience in here, uh, they may be problems, but they're different. What did James, the brother of Jesus, say? Consider it all joy when you encounter various trials. When the Hebrew Old Testament was translated into the Greek New Testament, that word various is the word that was translated from the Hebrew of the Old Testament were Joseph and his many-colored coat. Remember that? that the various trials means there is a trial, there is a difficulty, there is a hard, hardship that is shaded just for you. It is just your color. 
There are trials that you will go through that I won't go through. There are trials that I'll go through that you won't go through. And so you and I need to understand there are various kind of trials. He says, in all this, greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you have, might have to suffer grief of all kinds. These griefs have come, what? So that the proven genuineness of your faith, which is of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. What is he saying? If you and I go into a trial after following God, committing 2019 to God, and say, God, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to walk in lockstep with you. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to do everything for you, God. And all of a sudden then, after faithfully following God, you find yourself in the midst of a trial. You can look down and you can rejoice. Say, God, I don't know why I'm here. I don't want to be here. But here's what I have done in 2019, God. I have been obedient to you. I have been faithful to you. And as such, I know this trial isn't here because I'm stupid and make bad decisions. I'm here at this trial because you want me here. Therefore, God, I don't know how, I don't know when, but I'm going to go into this trial or this difficulty with the purpose of I'm going to glorify you, God when your son is revealed in my life regardless of what i go through and that's a different perspective of going through a problem of being diagnosed with an illness that god i've been faithfully following you and now all of a sudden i'm at the doorstep of this problem i don't know why but you have a purpose in this problem and this problem god can't do anything to me as your child that you don't allow it to Therefore, I want to bring you glory. And I love that's what Peter said. He says, may result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. If you look at another passage, Paul, here's, how, here's what he said in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 and 17. He says, therefore, we don't lose heart. Though our outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. He says, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Now listen, he says, therefore we do not lose heart. What do problems typically make us do first? They, they make us lose heart. They make, make us lose courage. I mean, think about that game last night. Uh, how quickly did the Alabama quarterback go into his shell once he threw that second, second interception? That changed the course of the game. Now, interceptions usually do, but let me tell you what, it changed the course of the game. And what were they talking about? How awesome these two quarterbacks were. And they were two awesome quarterbacks if you had looked at them just coming. That was the one thing OU couldn't do. They couldn't turn Alabama over to get back in the game. But man, once y'all did, it was over. That was the, the reality of it is when we go into problems, what do we have a tendency to do? Lose heart, lose courage. That's why the first thing Paul says is, listen, as you go through a problem, he says, don't lose heart. How can I not lose heart? Journey into 2019 saying, God, you're in charge of everything. I want to do what you want me to do. I want to say what you want me to say, and I want to be where you want me to be. And God, if I do what you want me to do and say what, I want you to, what you want me to say, and I'm where you want me to be, if at that point I experience a trial, I know it has a purpose, 
And I know the purpose is this. You are trying to teach me and train me and grow me so that I can give you glory when Christ is revealed in me. Man, in that understanding, we don't have to know what's happening in 2019. What we have to know is God is in charge of everything. If we will just tap into Him and His will for us and His will for our lives, I don't have to go into 2019 worried if the stock market is going to drop 1,000 points today or if it's going to go up 1,000 points, whether the government's going to be opened or closed. I don't have to go into 2019 worrying about who the next president is. I don't have to go into 2019 worried if this, this president is going to get impeached. I don't have to go in this, this 2019 worrying about, uh, you know, the, uh, the Chinese military officials saying, you know, what, the, what we need to do is sink two of their aircraft carriers. I don't have to go into worrying about all that. I have to say, you know what, my job is to follow God faithfully and do what He has called me to do in my space and in my place. And if I do that, and if you'll do that, when we come to the end of 2019, here's what I believe. You and I will have grown more in their fa our faith than we would have had we not walked lock lockstep with God. That's number one. That's personally. Relationally, number two, our relationships with those around us will be better in 2019 than they were in 2018. Even some of the most difficult relationships you and I might be. And three, and I do believe this, and I'm not a prosperity gospel preacher. You know I'm not. But if you and I will lock, walk lockstep with God, I believe when it comes to our resources and our finances, if we are faithful with to God, we will be better off at the end of 2019 than we were at the beginning of 2019. So as you journey into this year, don't ever forget, God's in control. And if you, want, you and I walk in lockstep with Him, Every problem, problem has a purpose, and the purpose is that we would grow in our faith and we would give glory to God. And in that, none of us should fear 2019. We should hit it hard, hit it well, and hit it out of the park. And as your pastor, that's my prayer for our church, is that we would see spiritual... Is that politically correct? Spiritual midgets? Can we say that anymore? Justin, can I, am I allowed to say that? You understand what I'm saying? Become spiritual giants. Spiritual mediocres grow into spiritual giants. Spiritual giants grow into super giants. And that's when God will get the most glory out of us. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for these guys. Thank you so much for these guys in here today as we think about our journey and uh, our journey to through th 2019. Guys, I know some of, God, I know some of these guys in here, man, their relationship with their spouse is as good as it's ever been. Uh, and others probably is somewhere in between really bad and really good. Uh, God, I, I pray that you would give them the ability uh, to focus on the right things and focus on anything that is praiseworthy and that the relationship, their marriage, would, would get stronger in 2019. God, for those who are financially struggling because maybe they've, they've struggled with a couple of jobs in a row or a, dro a job, or they don't know what to do or they're out of a job, I pray that you would give them the opportunity just to follow you, God, and walk with you uh, in real certainty. 
and in real grace. God, beyond that, with our kids, with um, our church, with our service, God, I pray that we would be a people, and it would start with the men in this room, that would say 2019 is going to be different because I'm going to line my thoughts, my words, my relationships, and my commitments up with God who's in control anyway. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you guys.